0: Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. I'd say Isaiah. Now, you say, Pastor, now with all that's going on, are you still teaching on spirit, soul, and body? Yes, because a revelation of spirit, soul, and body will greatly empower you to understand what's going on in your spirit, what's going on in your soul, and what's going on in your body. I used to be very intimidated by a particular teacher I love to listen to. <laughs> he said this years ago, and it's always kind of bugged me. He said, uh, If you use an alarm clock, you're backslid. And I'm like, huh, Oh my God. Well, he had, the, he had a huge ministry all over the world. I kind of thought, what did he mean by that? If I use an alarm clock, I'm backslid. Well, he began to teach and began to say, you ought to be uh, uh, spiritually aware enough to, to even if you went to sleep at night, and told yourself, I'm going to wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning, you shouldn't need an alarm clock to do it. Then he explained, he said, now my wife and I, and they raised two children, we never had an alarm clock in my house, I wouldn't allow it. He said, once our kids were grown, his mother-in-law came to live with them for a few years, and they let her have an alarm clock because she liked the ticking, the, you know, the... the the tick 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 would uh, would help her sleep at night and i'd always used to just bug me like because i never I always had to use an alarm clock <laughs> and i still use one today amen now but the point he was making in the teaching that he was doing was this you ought to be so spiritually aware that you don't really need your soul and your flesh in order to in order to realize the realities of life and i'm like well, you know, that's good for you, but, you know, that's, that's kind of tough for me. Well, I've learned over the years, it's just something you don't just, that doesn't happen overnight. You grow into that. And I've not still not grown into, well, I've really never put much effort into not having an alarm clock. It's just easy, easier to have one, amen. But I've put my effort into other things, and that is this. One of the things I've put my effort to over the into over the years was to understand who I am spiritually, just to understand who I am spiritually and who I am as, as, as possessing the soul, and who I am as living in the body. Now, now, one of the things about my flesh or about my body, I know when something is trying to come on me, and I know what it is. You say, now, how would you know that? Well, because I've spent 30-something years of, of experiencing an attack upon my body, and then just asking the Holy Ghost, what is that? What, what's, what's, what's coming against me right now? What's fighting my body? What's trying to fight? What's causing these symptoms in my body? Well, it didn't happen overnight. And several times, many times, I I just, you know, uh, when I first started trying to grow into that, you know, I didn't get it right. But today, I get it right every time. You say, "Why?" first symptom that hits me, I just begin to ask the Lord, what is this, Lord? What is this trying to get a hold of me? And then if I don't find out right away, I use scripture. You say, what do you do? I remind the Lord. I say this. I said, Lord, you sent Jesus Christ. He came and you anointed him by the Holy Ghost. He went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. So I see in your word, healing is oppression of the devil. I want to know what kind of oppression this is. Amen. Well, many times it doesn't take but a couple of seconds just to know. Oh, I know what this is. Yeah, I know what this. Is. Then just through, just through experiencing that, And seeing that happen, then you, I know when a common cold's trying to come on me. I know when it's the flu. I know when it's COVID. I know what it is. When it shows up, it has a distinct personality. Did you know that? These things all have names. That means they have entities. Jesus said the oppression of the devil. So every one of them have a demonic bend to them. And just like, do you know it when fear tries to come upon you? Of course you do. do. Do you know when depression tries to come upon you? Of course you do. See, now that's in your soul. And if you can know that in your soul, you can also know that in your flesh. You say, how do you do that? By running your life through your spirit. That means I'm running my life, not, not by what I think or, or, or what I feel, or, not, or, or I'm not running it through what I can do with my life. I'm running it through my spirit. As you do that, then you become aware. Just by practice and experience, you begin to learn these things. And that's even more necessary today than it's ever been. So we looked both at, at, at Hebrews chapter 4 to see man as spirit, soul, and body. And we also looked over there in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and saw where man is spirit, soul, and body. And we talked some about, about the, the, the flesh, about the body, how one of the best things you can do is to present it to the Lord as a living sacrifice. You did that today. He said, how did I do that today? You, you, about 5 o'clock this afternoon, 6 o'clock, you decided, I'm going to come to church. You saw the same weather forecast. You saw the clouds gathering. You saw the rainfall. But still, you made a decision to use your physical faculties to bring you to church. When you came to church, you used them to do what? To lift your hands to worship God? To open your mouth to sing? What are you doing? You are presenting your body as a living sacrifice to God. You're training your flesh See, a lot of people only train their flesh with comfort. But if you're going to serve God, you have to train your flesh with sacrifice. We'll talk about that later. I didn't go over too big. (laughs) Amen. Now we've been in the soul part and we've looked looked at how there are so many different elements and we've got over to the mind of man, our man's thinking, our man's patterns of thinking. Now all of us have set patterns of thinking. Uh, We have set patterns of thinking because of, of our gender, we have set patterns of thinking because of our uh, of who we are. As uh, you know, in life, uh, we have a, a commercial fisherman. We have a uh, we have business owners, contractors, people that work in the plants. We have a hairdresser. All these different people. Your your quote lot in life creates a certain type of thinking, a certain a certain way of thinking. Amen. Uh, your 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 how can I say this? Uh, your, your ability to enter into a place of like a father or a mother. A father should think one way. A mother, should th- a mother shouldn't think like a father, and a father shouldn't think like a mother. There's certain set patterns of thinking you see that we all get into. Then we looked at that there's a warfare that goes on between the intellectual thinking of the human species and the new creature in Christ Jesus. There is a warfare in which a whole different pattern of thinking needs to be instituted into your life in order to live by the standard of the Word of God. If you don't, you'll be robbed by the devil every time. He'll talk you out of every blessing God has for your life. And he'll use it how? He'll use the reasonability of your mind, which the Bible says that is an enemy of God, and he'll back it up with the emotion of your flesh or the feeling. Your your mind will say, no, it's this way. And your flesh says, yeah, can't you feel it's that way? I mean, with healing, many times I've had to stand for healing when there was pain and sickness or disease in my body or injury in my body, and I've stood for healing. And pain over here was saying, you ain't healed. You ain't even near healed. Well, you're sicker than you've ever been. And my mind's going, yep, yep, you better listen to your body. But my spirit over here is just jumping up and down, going, no, 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 wait on. By his stripes, you're healed? Now listen to me. I'm going to put something out here tonight. And if you don't get anything else, get this. If you're going to think righteously, now let me say this. If you're going to think righteously, and when I say that, most people think morally. No, I'm not talking about thinking morally. You should just think morally naturally because you're a Christian. I mean, you shouldn't be sitting there plotting how you can rob the bank tomorrow. (laughs) Amen? Or how you're going to get a load of cocaine onto the, you know, into the United States. You shouldn't be thinking about that. You should have moral thinking just because you're a Christian. should have nothing to do. But righteous thinking is different than moral thinking like this. You say, what do you mean? Well, when, when something attacks your body, what do you think? When something comes against your finances, what do you think? When your flesh does not produce the feeling, the comfort, or the euphoria that you desire because of a situation, and your mind lines up with your flesh... What does, your righteous, what does your righteous spirit, how does the mind of Christ think? Now, that's all summed up basically in Isaiah 55. It's amazing. And Isaiah being a prophet and projecting this down into the new covenant really can make an impact if you'll study and meditate what he's saying here. Now, I've looked at other translations, and, and there may be some things that amplify this a little bit, but the King James carries the thought of this pretty strong. Now, let's just, let's just begin because we may take a couple of Wednesdays to do this, because this really bears some digging into. And let's start in verse, pick it up in verse 6. Now notice what it says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Amen? Now this, this can be both personal, and it can also refer to kind of the ebb and flow of what the Spirit of God is doing. You say, what do you mean? Well, you know, there's a level that you could seek the Lord on tonight. Come to prayer on Saturday night. Come to church on Sunday. Come to church on, there's a level you could seek the Lord on. Amen? But now if we have a conference like in the fall, did you know there's a higher level that you could seek the Lord on? You could come to every service. You could come to every prayer meeting. And you'd actually be seeking the Lord on a higher level. You say, why? Because He can be found on that higher level. He could be found. I tell you, I've tried to teach over the years how to put demands upon spiritual gifts. Men and women that operate in spiritual gifts. I mean, you got a problem in your body, and you know somebody's coming that operates powerfully in gifts of healing. You just say, Father, I thank you. When they come, if they call anybody out, it's going to be me. If anybody gets it by a gift, I'm going to get it in Jesus' name. That's called putting a demand upon the moving power of God. That's righteous thinking. Amen. So seek the Lord while he may be found. We're in a period right now of stirring in the church. One of the best places to get close to the Lord is back in the prayer room, in intercessory prayer, where there is a greater anointing. Let me just say it like this. You will not be able to find God on the level in your own prayer room that you will be able to find him on the level in a corporate prayer room right now. You say, why is that? Because God's stirring something in the church. God's stirring something in the church. And I have found that out to be so true in my own life as I've gone in that prayer room night after night after night after night and thought surely I'm going to come to the end of this and it doesn't come to an end. It just gets stronger and stronger and stronger in your spirit. Seek the Lord while He may be found. Seek the Lord while He may be found. I mean, I don't want to be in, in some meeting or revival or move of God and, and, you know, run into you in the street somewhere and you say, man, I wish I'd have come to all them prayer meetings back, back when y'all were just praying for this to happen because I'm now near not as excited as you are. I can't seem to get into the building, so I just hadn't been coming. Duh! Seek the Lord while He may be found so that when He moves, you'll be found where He's moving. <laughs> Let me say that again. Seek the Lord while he may be found, so when he's found moving, you'll be there. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him when he is near. That's one of the, I told the, I think uh, not tonight, but last night, we had a great group of people in there praying last night, and I said, this is the atmosphere to ask. This is the atmosphere You've been there praying the Holy Ghost for an hour and 10, hour and 15 minutes, and then we lift our hands and begin to worship God. You're in the Spirit. I said, you're in the Spirit. It's not like driving down the street in your car or something. I mean, you are in the Spirit. Why don't you go ahead and communicate what you want to God? Well, I'll just leave that where it's at. Verse 7, let the wicked forsake his way. And the unrighteous man, his thoughts, let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him, and to our God, for he will abundantly part it. Now listen, this shows us very plainly that the first place you start getting away from God is in your thinking. And I'm going to tell you that by experience. When I was a kid, I began to get 13, 14 years old. There were thoughts that began to come into my mind that I allowed into my mind and thoughts began to come into my mind because I got into situations where there were some negative thoughts. There were thoughts that began to come into my mind because of things I was exposing myself to that were absolutely foreign to my thinking two and three and four years when I was 10, 11, and 12 years old. Totally foreign. Sinful. Unrighteous. It's amazing how those thoughts ended up projecting into my future and dragging me right into the filth that they were. That's how it works. You begin to backslide in your thoughts. You begin to get out of fellowship with God in your thoughts. But God says what? Wake up and return to the Lord and He'll do what? Chastise you? He said no, He'll have mercy on you and abundantly pardon you. That means he's waiting on you to come back to him like the prodigal coming back to the father. And he says, I'm going to help you out. I'm going to help you get rid of that thought. I'm going to help you get rid of that way of thinking. I'm going to help get that out of your mind so it doesn't destroy your flesh, doesn't destroy your finances, doesn't destroy your marriage, doesn't destroy your business. You know, I've watched patterns of thinking over the years. And listen, if you're caught up in a pattern of thinking, you've got to break it where people will... And sometimes these patterns are years long. They just stretch out into years in which you, 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 you think this certain way, think this certain way, think this certain way. It really shows up many times in, in people's relationships where, they, where they, you know, they, they don't want to be alone, they want to get married, and they've, you know, they've been married four times already. And I'm not against people like that. We want to help people. Amen? But you've always gone the same direction and made the same mistake. Thinking that if you do it again, you won't make it this time. And you're looking for a person to change you instead of a word to change you. Amen? I had a friend when I was a kid growing up. I don't know how many times she got married. But every time she married the same person. They just beat the tar out of her. I mean, she had, around her eyes was nothing but scars. She had so many holes in her lip where she would had her teeth knocked through her lip because she married three different men and did the same thing to her, just beat the fire out of her every time. Why? Because it's an established pattern of thinking which leads to an established pattern of behavior. That has to be broken. How do you do it? You have to forsake it. As it says in Corinthians, excuse me, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, you've got to take that thought captive Amen. And on the other side of the coin, you can't be thinking, you know, uh, people, uh, one of the biggest things the enemy uses against people is the thought of loneliness. I'm going to be alone. There's no one around. I'm going to, I'm going to, the, uh, and then the enemy, what he'll do is he'll back that up with a, with a feeling, with a pain. I'm suffering the pain of loneliness. Well, here's the deal there's one that sticks closer than a brother, and God. Put his spirit in you so you would never be lonely. Loneliness and isolation is exactly what the enemy uses to try to get people out of flocks. Because he knows, just like the wolf knows, if I can get someone, if I can get a little lamb away from the flock, I can eat them up. That's what he does many times. No, the Bible says he takes the lonely and places them in families. Amen? Amen. So you've got to be careful of what? Those thoughts that need to be forsaken. You say, how do you do that, pastor? You just choose not to think it. That doesn't mean the thought does not go through your mind. What it means is you do not grasp it and entertain it. You don't, listen, you don't give it, how can I say this? You don't allow it to turn over. You know what I mean by that? That means it turns over and you see another perspective of it. It turns over, you see another perspective of that. It turns over, you see another. Now you're entertaining that thought. Entertainment actually means to give attention to. But what does the Bible say in Proverbs chapter 4? One of the great scriptures of a, a book that I have read before that talks about, you know, how to keep your mind healthy as a believer, as a Christian. My son or daughter, attend to my word. Incline thine ear unto my saying. Let it not depart from thine eyes. Keep it in the midst of thy heart. Why? For it is life, for you have found it, and health to all your flesh. I mean, many times, did you know that our nation is full of, of what they call hypochondriacs, all you've, got, all you've got to do is suggest to someone. Yes. You don't look very good. What's that growth under your eye? It looks a little like cancer to me. I mean, next thing you know, you're down at MD Anderson having your, half your face taken off. All it was was a mosquito bite. Amen. Amen forsake it everybody say forsake it and the reason i use that illustration because the same things happens many times this time of the year in the fall of the year in the early spring of the year when we have pollen well pastor i have allergies well first of all listen to what you're saying i have allergies i have allergies you've said that since you were three years old i have 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 I have. have is what have is possession. You need to replace that with this thought. I don't have any allergies. I'm being attacked with allergies. God didn't make me without allergies. Jesus didn't redeem me to live with allergies. I'm not going to have these allergies. And you've got to start thinking the Word of God, thinking the thoughts of God, so that you can rebuild into your mind, or excuse me, you can tear down out of your mind a stronghold of allergies and build into your mind healing and health because the Word of God is health. It's God's medicine repetition is a powerful tool. I've trained several Labrador retrievers in my life. People, many times, they they ask me, how do you train a dog like that? They'll go hunt with them. How do you train a dog like that? Here's how. Ten minutes a day for a year. Not hour-long sessions. Not, 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 you know, three weeks of uh, of 12 hours a day. That, that, That dog would never respond to that. Ten minutes a day for one year. Now, that's true of any dog. Anybody like dogs? If you get a puppy and you want the best dog you've ever had in your life, you give that dog ten minutes a day for one year. And if you will do that and teach him, you know, simple, one word, sit, stay, no, come, fetch, whatever you want to, want to teach. Want simple. They don't, dogs don't hear two words. They don't hear, come here. They go. They can't put two words together. Amen. So pick one. <laughs> Come or here. amen? I mean, that, don't, don't, don't do two of them, you know. And, and so, you know, that repetition is so powerful that it imprints in them. It'll imprint in them. And when it imprints in them, it's amazing. It's amazing how obedient they become. Well, God knew that when he created the, created the entire universe and put a thinking process in all of his creation. But what's unique about the human species that's different from the dog species is the dog species did not have a spirit. But you have a spirit that can do what? That can retrain your mind. God and you are the best trainers you have. And if you will give God some time to train your thinking by the word of God, it's amazing how the Holy Ghost will come and reinforce that on the inside of you. And that becomes how you think. I had a guy one time, I, he, was, he was a minister, it wasn't a, just an acquaintance I knew. And he was always kind of picking at me. And, and he and he you know he said this, yeah, you live down in Galveston. I'm like, Yeah, I live in Galveston. Yeah, and you say you go to the beach and go surfing. He said, What do you do about all them gals in those bikinis down there? I said, What do you mean? He said, Doesn't that bother you? I said, I don't think about it. He looked at me like, what? I said, I don't think that way. I could tell. He may have had some issues. Because <laughs> he was thinking about, he wasn't thinking about me surfing, he was thinking about them gals and them bikinis. Amen? No, I don't think that way. See, you can literally take and rid yourself of any pattern of thinking by the word of God and the power of God, even though it may took you 50 years to build some nasty stronghold in your mind, the Word of God and the Holy Ghost can tear it down quickly if you'll just cooperate with it with some repetition. Amen. Now, how are we doing? Oh, got a couple more minutes. He will have mercy upon you, and he will abundantly pardon. Now, listen, this is God speaking. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts, or my thoughts than your thoughts. But then he says this. For as the rain cometh down in the snow from heaven... And returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and making it maketh it bring forth. Do I say bring forth. bring forth? Bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Now here's the key. So shall my word be, that goeth forth out of my mouth, it shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish, 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 accomplish that which I please, and shall prosper in the thing whereunto I send it. Now, I always kind of thought, now, wait a second, Lord. Because, you know, I'll just talk to him. And i say, Lord, okay, here we are. We're talking about thoughts and for And then all of a sudden, you go into three scriptures here that talk about seed time and harvest. Seed time and harvest. And I remember talking to the Lord about this. And the Lord said, don't you remember what Jesus said back in the book of Mark? He said, of all the, all the parables that I give, This is the parable you have to get. Because if you do not get this parable, you will not understand any other parables of the kingdom of heaven. So the kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God being part of what? Kingdom of God being how it operates, kingdom of heaven being what it produces. Are you with me? Kingdom of God is what? The system of how God operates. What does it produce? It produces the dominion of heaven. The dominion in you, of heaven in your body is physical health. The dominion of heaven in your finances is more than enough and plenty left over. The, the, the dominion of, uh, of heaven in your, in your marriage is a, is a peaceful home. Righteous children. Amen? We can talk about all of the kingdom of heaven, but none of it comes into our lives without the kingdom of God, the way He does things. That's one of the biggest problems with people is they want God's result doing it their way. I want God's result, but I'm going to do it my way. Well, would you you put up with that? If people came into your life and you had the responsibility to tell them what to do a certain way, and they didn't do it the way you told them to do it, but they wanted your approval, your favor, and your results in their... You wouldn't do that. You, not, not one person in here would do that. Amen? Well, why in the world would you expect God to do it? He says, here's the kingdom of heaven, and if you want to find out how it works... Here's how it works. Seed, time and harvest. So obviously he's telling us that what? The word that goes forth out of my mouth is a seed. It's a seed in your mind. It's a seed planted into your mind. It is a brand new way of thinking. Instead of thinking sickness, disease, poverty, and lack, you're going you're to think health and wealth. Amen? Instead of thinking depression and and oppression, you're going to think joy and righteousness. Amen? Have you noticed? (laughs) Have you noticed that the volume of happiness in the world has been reduced a little bit? (laughs) Amen? Amen? But that should not affect your joy. There's a lot of Christians right now, it's affecting their joy. You look at them and they got this old sourpuss face, you know, like their mother-in-law moved in with them to stay, you know. I'm like, well, not my mother-in-law. Amen. Your mother-in-law, glory to God. (laughs) Or some terrible disaster like that, you know. (laughs) No, 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 no. Everybody say, no, 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 no you've got to realize that every time you come to church, we teach you the word, you read your little chapter a day, you have your own little Bible study, you meditate on the Word, those seeds are going into your mind, they're going into your mind and they have a purpose not to return void, Amen. but to accomplish where they' to sit, where they're sent to and to prosper and to prosper. Listen, you don't prosper till your thinking prospers. When your thinking starts prospering, you say, what do you mean by that? When you start thinking the thoughts of God, what does God think? What does God think? Now, now we can we can go into just some simple, real simple things. You, every one of us, have opportunity to, to witness to people, to minister to people, to tell them about Jesus. What does God So what does God think? What if somebody were to ask you, well, what, how would I go to heaven? If I, if I believed everything you're telling me, how, would I, how can I end up? You say, you're a child of God, I'm not. Well, just you know, you just need to be good. I've been so disappointed over the years of people who when the microphone was stuck in their face and they were questioned about salvation, they dropped the ball. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait, wait. Well, God knows everybody. Well, sure He does. And I'm not here to judge. Why not? God called you to be one. Did you know that's exactly what Jesus meant when He said, whoever sins you remit are remitted, whoever sins you don't remit are not remitted? You know what He was saying? He says, you're the one that shows people how to make the decision to get born again. And if they'll get born again, their sins are remitted. But if they say, I'm not believing in my heart, I'm not confessing with my mouth, then you look at them and say, your sins are retained. That is the crowbar of salvation that prides people's minds loose from religious thinking. Well, I tell you, Pastor, I don't care what you say about getting born again. I ain't doing that. I go to my church. I give in the offering. I don't curse. I don't smoke or drink. And I don't need some prayer out of some book in the Bible that I don't understand any way to get me into heaven. Okay? 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 Just take it on to the grave and see what happens. There are a lot of surprise people in hell. Yeah. <laughs> Devil's probably got a whole one of those walls, you know, with a bunch of pictures on it of people <laughs> like going. Could you imagine? We were in, in Israel in 1985, and, 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 and we were driving from, uh, from Jerusalem to Jericho, and it's kind of like this jerusalem down to jericho where the dead seas at and we're driving and the tour guide said now look way up in this mountain and it was man that's that's really the wilderness of zin z-i-n is in the bible there's no plants there's nothing there it just looks like the surface of the moon and way up in this in this rock is a chiseled out monastery and it's a something some orthodox twisted something i don't know what it is but you go up there you take a vow, vow of silence and you do it for, when you make that, that, that commitment to do it, you do it for 20 years. You're going to go up there 20 years and go. And they do it, you know why I do it? Thinking that gives them the piety necessary for salvation. Well, just think if you were doing that and you've been 19 years and nine months into it, you die. You fall over dead. And then you wake up and you think, why is it so hot in here? <laughs> hey, man, and the devil looks at you and says, you idiot, you tried to be a religious, spiritual person, but you didn't get the right seed. You didn't get the right seed. See, I think many times we think, well, oh, people, God loves those people. Sure he loves those people. Sure he does, but there is a spirit on this earth and it is the strongest, I, we could talk about communism, we could talk about alternate lifestyles that are very immoral and negative, we could talk about. But I'm going to tell you, the, the spirit that drags more people into hell is a religious spirit more than anyone else. People that think they're right, but they're not. You know, I thank God I don't think I'm right. When it comes to my new birth, I know I'm right. Right. I received the peace of God that passes all understanding. When I believed in my heart and confessed with my mouth that God raised Jesus from the dead, I'm telling you my sins were remitted. And now when I'm as a believer uh, and I get into trouble and I miss the mark or I sin, I have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, and His blood cleanses me from all sin and unrighteousness. Did you know that's how God thinks? That's what God has given us. That's how we think because that is what the word says. Amen? Amen. How many gonna think the thoughts of God? We'll pick this up next week. I tell you, there's more to this that will bless us. And I guarantee you, when we begin to allow those seeds of the word to begin to grow in our minds, what happens is this. You will start out with an effort in thinking the word. Amen. I mean, you'll have to sometimes maybe just stop and close your eyes and think. No, no. No, he was wounded for my transgression, bruised for my iniquity. The chastisement of my peace was upon him. By his stripes I'm healed. You'll have to force yourself to think that. Amen? Yeah, you may walk along and all of a sudden you might have to think this. No, no. mm -mm. God hadn't given me a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. Amen? Amen? Fear trying to get on you. Now, what reinforces that in your mind, we'll study this next week or the next week after, is your words. Not my words but your own words because nobody believes you more than you believe yourself and if you get the word of God in your mouth begin to speak that thank you father you've not given me a spirit of fear a power love and a sound mind and then all of a sudden you're someplace where you know you don't have the liberty to just blurt it out and thank God for it or to speak against it to them but all of a sudden here comes a thought of fear you're like Mm-mm, no sir I don't think that way I don't think that way I don't think fear anymore I don't think sick anymore. I don't think broke anymore. I don't think that anymore. That is one of the greatest tools right there and weapons that God has given us to walk free from the oppression of the enemy. Because I'm telling you, if he can get your mind, he's going to affect everything else in your life. But if he can't get it and you take the time to use that repetition to get those thoughts rolling. Listen, after the effort, and it doesn't take that long anymore. After the effort comes the unconscious ability of the Word to show up when you need it. You say, what do you mean? You get into a situation, you're thinking, oh my God, what what am I going to do here? And all of a sudden in your mind, here's what you'll do. You'll be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. You'll resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Amen? Amen? All of that is designed to go into our mind and be operated by our spirit man to wage that against the adversary that he would try to wage against us to keep us in doubt and unbelief. But if you think the thoughts of God, that's going to keep you right there in faith at all times, thinking. And we're going to talk about this too. We're going to talk about allowing the picture in your mind to be painted of you with the answer. Many times people do not receive the answer because they don't see themselves with it. Amen? You don't see yourself with it. You haven't taken time to meditate on the Word and then to see yourself with... I do that with our building all the time. I see the red iron. I see the foundation. I see the lines of people that were feeding and putting clothes on their back. I see the lines of people coming in, being taught the Word of God. I can close my eyes and see it. I've done it so so often and for so long, I just close my eyes and see it. Sure, it took some time. Sure, it takes some repetition. But the enemy, he'll he'll paint a picture of your grave He'll show you yourself in a wheelchair. One of the great, if you want to ever get a, read a good book, read Pastor Dodi Osteen's book, Healed of Cancer. And one of the things she said in there which was really good is that she put a picture of herself on a horse back when she had health, when she was very healthy. And she had it right there by her bed. And she said every night she would go to sleep looking at, the, at herself on that horse and saying, I'm going to do that again. I'm going to ride that horse again. I'm going to be healthy enough to ride that. And she, sure enough, she did. You say, why? Because faith, listen, faith is the paint that the Holy Ghost dips his brush into and paints the picture of your answer and the redemption in your spirit or in your heart. And with that strength in your spirit or in your heart, you can force your mind to see it. I can see it. I can see myself healed. I can see myself blessed. I can see myself with the answer. That's exactly what. Jesus endured the suffering of the cross for the joy that was set before him. What was his joy? What was his joy? It was you. He could see you. Sitting in church on a Wednesday night, loving him, thanking him, glorifying him. Amen? Amen. Lift your hands up. Father, we worship you tonight. Thank you for the thoughts of God, thoughts of health, thoughts of wealth, Thoughts of deliverance. Thoughts of righteousness. Thoughts of joy. And Father, for us as a church, in this day and hour, thoughts of protection. Thoughts of favor. Thoughts of blessing. We thank you for it, Father. And Lord, as we leave tonight, we allow your word to paint the picture in our mind of Psalms 91. Where no evil befalls us. No plague comes nigh our dwelling place. Angels have charge over us. They bear us up. Where according to Luke chapter 10, we walk on serpents and scorpions over all power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means harm us. So Father, those of us that travel, the highways can be so dangerous, the airways also, the railways, the seaways, precarious for all. But we thank you, Father. We see ourselves protected and safe, kept, kept by the blessing of God. We thank you, Heavenly Father. Also, the righteous laborer, the efforts that we make in order to procure the living that you give us. You give us strength. You give us clearness of mind. You give us initiative and courage. We thank you that you've given us a resource in life. But we thank you that in that resource we are protected. We're not subject to trials, trouble, tribulation, attacks of the enemy, terror, evil plans of wicked men or the devil himself. And Father, as we have been speaking in our mind with our mouth so that we can see it in our minds, Not even sickness or disease comes nigh our dwelling place. We speak against COVID, against the flu. We speak against the common cold, the allergies, that which would happen to our bodies because of the changes of temperature. Thank you, Father, that we are the healed of God. Lord, as we leave today, let us see ourselves blessings. Blessings to people problems to the devil. Let us see ourselves as the miracles, Lord. You said you have a generation of your children that you've given for signs and wonders in the earth. Let that be us, Lord. Let us see ourselves as those signs and wonders. Lord, we leave tonight walking in faith and love towards you. We love you so much, Lord. We leave tonight walking in love one toward another. Thank you for our church. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ you have called us to be. Thanking you, Lord. Here at Island Church, we are covered by the blood, empowered by the word,